Joshua chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. And then over to verse 17. Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground, in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and we especially thank you for your word today. May it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, changed, and never get over it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in an Old Testament story, and it's the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is really God's story about God's Hebrew people, about the Hebrew people. They were God's chosen, God's called people in the Old Testament. Uh, God had called them. He had uh, placed his hand on them. He, he, had, he had led them out of bondage from Egypt, and uh, he had, was leading them to a new and promised land. He had big plans for his people, because eventually they are the ones who gave us Jesus. Now, if we are a Christian or if we are a follower of Christ, we are now connected to that story. In fact, that Old Testament story, those, some of those stories that we're like, what in the world was happening there? We are actually, that's part of our story. We are grafted into that people. And, and so, as we look at that, we can see how those relate, how God dealt with those people can relate to how God wants to deal with us as well. Now, this is a story. They come out of the wilderness. There they are standing before the Jordan River. Now, remember, this is the second time that they came out of the wilderness. You remember they came out of it one time. They were standing before the promised land, and they sent spies in, and 12 went in. That 12 came back. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, I believe we can take the land. And the other 10 said, no, we're like grasshoppers. There, there's giants in there and, and all of that. And the negativity made them end up walking around and wandering around in the wilderness for another 40 years. I tell you, that's a mess up right there. Amen? But God wasn't done with them. And after that second 40 years, they come to the Jordan River. And there on the other side of the Jordan is the promised land. It was a land of promise. It was a land of abundance. It was a land that God had told them that would be a land of milk and honey. And, and I want you to know that if in, in, 
as the people of God, God still has a promised land for each and every one of us. And, and part of that promised land, of course, is eternity with God in heaven. But I believe he has something better for us even here and now in this world that we live in. God has a plan for each of us. God wants to use each of us. God wants to do something in each of our lives so that we can be a part of his kingdom and a part of building his kingdom and have the eternal life that we need to have here and now, just not in the sweet by and by. Amen. And so we see here that the Hebrew people are waiting on the wrong side of Jordan. Look at what Joshua 3.1 says. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, and he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed over. But there was a problem. They couldn't cross the Jordan River during that time, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. There they were, looking across at the promise that was ahead, but they were standing on the wrong side of Jordan. See, I think there's a lot of us in our lives, and maybe this morning, I don't know what your Jordan is, but a lot of us find ourselves standing on the wrong side of, uh, of Jordan when, when God's promises, when God's abundance, when God's deliverance, and all of those things are right there on the other side of Jordan. And maybe for some, it's dealing with an addiction, and that Jordan River of addiction standing between you and what God wants to do in your life. Or maybe for others, it may be dealing with a decision that you're having to make. Maybe it's a career decision. Maybe it's a school decision. Maybe it's a college decision. Maybe it's a family decision. Maybe you're dealing all those things. It may be that Jordan River that's standing there between you and what God wants to do. And we find ourselves standing on the wrong side of Jordan. I believe there's good Christians that still God wants to do something more in their life, use them in a ministry and things like that, but they're standing on the wrong side of Jordan. But Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 says this, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves. What does it mean by that? It means turn it over to God. It means get me out of the way, Lord, so that I can do what you are calling me to do and what you want me to do. And, and that's what it means. It means, Lord, humble me. Let me be who I need to be uh, so that, and submit it to you and follow you as to where you are leading. Gene Martin said that an opportunity cannot be postponed but only lost. Your opportunity today, you won't have that opportunity again. You may have a different one tomorrow. It may be similar, but the opportunity today is either, it cannot be postponed. It can either be seized upon or lost. And that's what they were facing from the wrong side of Jordan. I, I was out and, and I visited some churches while I was out. I, I watched y'all online too, and, um, but also visited some churches. And one Sunday, I was over at Life Church. Uh, that used to meet in the mall, and now I was over at the Baptist Center. And they just bought the jelly beans. Be praying for them. They are rent the old jelly beans. They're going to be moving in there, so they're renovating that. And we want to pray for other churches. They actually pray for a different church each week and pray for ours, uh, one of the churches, that I, I mean, one of the weeks that I was out. But anyway, I was over there, and their prayer team, they make certain declarations after their time in prayer and all, and what God's leading them to declare over our lives and over the church. And I, I love, I was sitting there, and here's the declarations. And have you ever been in church and thought they were speaking right to you? You ever been in there? I hope that happens sometimes. Amen. It happens to me sometimes. But, and just thought they were just speaking right to you. And here's what, here's what they declared that day. I am awakened. 
I, I am ready. I want to be more. I, I want more of you, God. And I love this one. And I will unlock the place of joy. And I believe that there are some people that just need the place of joy unlocked in our lives. And unless we are willing to cross over Jordan, that joy cannot be unlocked. And so I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about what we must do to cross over Jordan. When that Jordan's standing between us and what God wants for us, when that Jordan's standing between us and where we know we need to be, when that Jordan's standing between us and where we need to go, what must we do to cross over Jordan? Number one is this. We must first follow the leading of the presence of God. Follow the leading of the presence of God. I, I love what Joshua, uh, what it says here in verse 3. And they commanded the people saying... When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Now, you need to understand that in the Old Testament during those times, the Ark of the Covenant was like the tangible presence of God. Y'all remember David danced before the Ark, before the presence of God? He was dancing before the Ark of the Covenant. And so it's like the tangible presence of God. And so when he said, you take the Ark out there, that meant that the presence of God was leading them. Folks, sometimes I think that we just clearly don't cross Jordan because we're not looking for where the presence of God is going. We just don't take time to look or to listen for where God's presence is leading us because now it's no longer in an ark. It's in every one of us through the Holy Spirit. And so He's speaking to our lives. The other, uh, now, I, you know, we did, I did some vacation in. I did some, we had the boat in at, at Carolina Beach uh, State Park. And we'd go down there and some. And, and then we did some more vacation. And then I did some more boat stuff. But anyway, now I've got a boat. Now, I'm not, I'm not an expert with the boat. I'm just going to go and you can look at the scratches on it and tell it, all right? But anyway, and... Uh, but this past week, I had it in a couple of nights at the slip down at Carolina Beach State Park. And, and all the folks that were supposed to be going with me kind of backed out each time. And, and, and so I was like, well, pay for a slip. I'm going to go by myself. Tina had to go back to work and all that. But anyway, so I had to go by myself. Y'all say, aw, aw. I know, I know, I know. I went by myself. And the first day that I went by myself, I, I went out, went to the Carolina Beach Inlet, threw the anchor in and just sitting there a little while listening to a podcast and that kind of thing. And I found a little leaf or two and I threw it out. And, um, and evidently the seagulls thought that I was throwing food out. All of a sudden they're swarming all around. I'm out there looking like a crazy person and, and doing that and all. Because I, I tell you, I don't like birds. I, I'm scared of birds. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I, I saw that Alfred Hitchcock movie one time, The Birds. You know what I'm talking about? Man, that scared me to death. But anyway... But, so I don't like no bird. But this big old seagull lands on the bow of the boat, all right? And is right there. And I'm like, shoo, shoo, shoo. And, and finally, he, he went. But uh, I didn't realize it until I got back to the slip and got ready to wash the boat off. But he left me a present. I mean, it was a big old poop right there on there. And I was like, holy cow, I couldn't even spray it off. I had to get something and wipe it off like a napkin or something. Anyway, it was terrible. But anyway, so the next day... I went out again by myself, just say, ah, ah. I mean, you know, really, yeah. And so I went out again by myself, went back to Carolina Beach Inlet and anchored in. My phone was about dead, so I couldn't, I was scared to, because uh, I'm not good with directions anyway. I definitely needed my phone in case, I, you know, and, and, and so I've, uh, I decided I'd just take the time and pray. And I hadn't been out there long when all of a sudden I saw a few dolphins just swimming. I was like, oh, this is cool. 
and I uh, was looking, and then all of a sudden one jumped. And I was like, oh, man, and, and one jumped again. Well, I decided I'd get my phone out just in case. I, hadn't, I don't think I've seen one in real life jump, and much less twice, but I got my phone out, and when it went again, I just started taking pictures. And whenever I looked at the phone out there by myself, here's what I saw. Caught it right in the air. And it was like God was saying what he said to Joshua. I've got wonders. I mean, look at his creation. And he reminded me that he's got wonders ahead for us. And I think it only, it takes us sometimes just stopping everything and looking for where he's at work. Now, did God send that dolphin? I don't know. But he definitely spoke to me through it. And no, the dolphin didn't talk to me. I'm not saying that. But he, <laughs> and he just reminded me of the wonderful works of God. And when we follow his presence, that is when we can begin to see the direction we must go. Number two is this. We must celebrate the past, but move into God's future. Now, you got to understand, until this time, Moses had been leading God's people. Remember, he led them out of Egypt. He led them through the wilderness. God had done mighty works through him. But then, right before this part, God takes Moses up to the mountain, and only God comes down. It was the end of Moses' life. It was the end of his time. And, and, and now it was Joshua's time. And Joshua was waiting, wait a minute. Are they going to follow me? Are they going to do what I'm calling, I mean, what I feel like God's calling them to do? Are they going to do this? And I love what it says here in verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. See, I believe God has new plans for his people. I believe God has new plans for each and every one of us. And, and what I've seen, what I've seen is sometimes there's folks that, that, that are so caught up in the past. They're, they're going on an experience that they had 20 years ago. Maybe in youth group, maybe an experience at a retreat, maybe an experience in a revival and going, you can't go on the past. You have to, listen, his mercies are new every morning. We have to have him over and over and over again so that we can cross and be who he's called us to be. We celebrate the past and what God's done. I've seen churches do that. I've seen churches stand on the wrong side of Jordan because they just refuse to go into the future that God is calling them to be a part. Because, hey, oh, you've never heard this in a church, have you? We've never done it like that before. Famous last words of a dying church. And we need to move forward, celebrate the past, but move forward into God's future. And the third is this. We must step into the water. This is not an easy thing here. But we must step into the water. Now, I want you to see what happens. Now, you know whenever Moses parted, whenever God through Moses parted the Red Sea, all Moses had to do was hold up the staff. And it, now, I don't know about you. If I saw that happen, and he just held up his staff and the waters parted, I think I would be able to step on the dry ground and walk through. I mean, that would build your faith, wouldn't it? But God did it differently here. Look at what God does here. Joshua 3, verses 15 and 16. 
And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. Now, you need to understand something. This is why God is so big and so awesome. He could have picked any other time for them to cross over. But do you know when they crossed over? At the worst time. They crossed over when from the snow melting from the mountain and, and from the rains that would come, it would flood the Jordan during that season. In fact, it would flood it all the way up on the banks in such a way that I think they said that the Jordan, which is usually sometimes about this deep or this deep, it would be tw over 12 feet it would be in some places almost a mile wide because the water had gone up on the banks that far and it would be a swift water. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't think I'd take my chances jumping in to a 12-foot swift water that was a mile-long swim. Amen? But it says as they stepped in, look at what happens. As they stepped in, that the waters which came from the upstream down still and rose up in a heap very far away and at Adam and the city that was beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea, uh, in, into the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off and the people crossed opposite Jericho and they walked across on dry land. Listen, before those waters parted, they had to step in. They had to step in. And I believe there's a lot of us this morning that are wanting to cross. We're wanting to cross. We know that God's got plans ahead of us. We know good things are there. But sometimes it takes a step of faith. That means stepping out while the water's still there. That means stepping out before we see God move. That means stepping out when it's not easy to step out. And then God can part the waters and lead us to the place where we should be. Folks, listen, if when we give our hearts to Christ, when we become a Christian, maybe there's some folks here this morning that that's what you know that that's, that's your Jordan this morning, that you just say, need to say, Lord, I, I've been thinking about it, I've been feeling it, but I need to submit to you today, and I need to cross over. I need to cross over into your kingdom right now. It takes that step of faith to say, Lord, I believe that you've died for my sins. I'm a sinner, but I know that I can be forgiven through your grace, through your love. And I want to live for you. That's stepping into the water. Maybe there's some of us with addictions. Maybe there's some with other things that that's your Jordan River. It's time to step in the water. Say, I don't know how it's going to work. Maybe it's a career change. Don't know how it's going to work, but I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in. Maybe there's some, maybe some ways as a church we need to step in. Maybe a new ministry God's calling you to. I, I know the children's ministry uh, team, I mean, uh, training is today. And maybe some of y'all are feeling that nudge that, hey, I, I need to, I want to have an impact on kids. I want to have a kingdom, eternal impact on kids. Not something they're going to get today and forget tomorrow. But I want to have an impact where they're going to have it for eternity. Maybe that's step on in. Step on in. I remember 10 years ago, next week, 10 years ago, was my first Sunday at Pine Valley United Methodist Church. Amen. Amen. I know we need to celebrate sometime. Amen on that. But anyway, I always like a party. But anyway, 
But I remember right after getting there, started looking at some balance sheets. And at that time, it didn't look good. And I remember we were about over, we were over $200 behind. I mean, $200,000 behind. Amen. $200 would have been all right. Amen. But we were over $200,000 behind budget. And we were about to have to restructure the whole staff. Now, you know what that means. That means laying off and all this stuff. And I'm going to tell you what. And some of the leaders were in here and a part of that with me. That's the hardest thing I ever. And I, I said to myself, I never want to do that again. Never want to have to do that again. And I remember we had like a town hall meeting. And I remember the Holy Spirit flooded that place. And we said, you know what? If, if, if we could get 100 people to give $2,000 for this year and 2000 for next year, because we needed that for the budget for next year, too, to go ahead and get ahead. If we, if we could get 100 people to give 2000 this year and 2000 next year, we could take care of it. We started, and that night before we left, there was over $22,000 laying on the table, either in checks or pledges. By the next day, it was like 70000 By the next time, it was like over 120000 We We hit that first 2000 and we worked pretty good into the second. And we still had to restructure a few things, but nothing like what we were going to have to do. But what I saw that night was Pine Valley United Methodist Church take a step into the water. And we have been growing and thriving ever since. Amen. Folks, I want you to know, whatever your Jordan is this morning, it's time to cross. It's time to cross. Don't be standing on the wrong side. Are you willing to cross over today? Let us stand and let us pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your love and for your grace. And we thank you, God, that you are a way maker. And Lord, I just pray for a move of God to move in this place this morning in such a way in such a way, God, that, that we will start stepping into the water, that the Jordan waters will split and will, Lord, that you'll hold them up from one side and hold them up from the other. And whatever our Jordan is this morning, Lord, that we will cross over to be who you called us to be. We will cross over. Maybe it's some that are just saying, I want to be a Christian, and that they will just t- take that step of faith and invite you into their heart and life. Maybe it's to renew their faith in Christ. And it, they've been on, going on an experience from years ago. But Lord, they, they want a fresh new experience with you, Lord. Just let them step in. Oh, Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's for a family member. Maybe it's for somebody hurting. Lord, let us cross over in every way we need to do this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.